Well, it's been a special morning already, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, we've been in a series called 2020 Vision, and it's been a great journey together. Have you enjoyed the series these last few weeks? We've talked about being Jesus-centered. We want to be a Jesus-centered church. We want to be Jesus-centered individuals. We want every ministry, every square inch of our lives to be permeated, to be saturated with Jesus. And we want to be people-focused. We realize that life is all about relationships, right? Life's all about people. And we want to be mission-driven. We want to have eyes to see those who are hurting, eyes to see those who are in need, and be able to fill those needs as a church and as individuals. And finally, today, wrapping up our series, we want to be future-minded. Everybody say future-minded. We want to be about the next generation, the next generation. We're going to dig into some scripture today and learn more about why and how uh, we can invest in the next generation. But first, I want to draw your attention to the card you were handed on the way in. We have new families, new people come every week. If you are here for the first time, we're so glad you're here. Make sure you let us know who you are so we can follow up with you and help you get connected. Uh, We do send emails every Friday. Uh, We share with you about what God's doing in and through our ministry and how you can be a part of it. And if you don't receive those emails, you can just simply fill out your info there. Uh, But you can give it to one of our volunteers. Give it to one of our volunteers out in the lobby. We'd love to take that from you. Uh, We also have a next step class. Uh, We had it an hour ago up on the second floor, but it's not too late. You can jump into the next step class next week. It's not too late. If you want to take a next step in your life with Christ and in your relationship with the church, you can do that as well. Let's pray real quick. God, thanks so much for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the 23 precious children that were dedicated to you today. We want to be about the next generation. We want to have a long view uh, in life, thinking about how our choices impact uh, people who come after us. Thank you, God, for investing in us. Bless this time together. Give us eyes to see you and ears to hear your voice. Everybody said amen, amen. Uh, We went to a beautiful home in the Smoky Mountains. Anybody ever been to the Smoky Mountains? They're called Smoky because they look like they're smoking. Um, But it's just clouds, and it's beautiful, just rolling hills and high mountains and all kinds of places to explore. We went there in November as a, as a family. We converged with about 40 other of our family members for three or four days, this beautiful house high on top of a mountain. Anybody mountain people in here? Anybody more mountain people than beach people? I know it's kind of sacrilegious, you know, Virginia Beach, but something about the mountains. It's just, man, God is powerful and mighty. But towards the end of our time there in the mountains, uh, we were cleaning up and and picking up trash, and and you know what we were doing? We were passing it on to the next person. Our kids were wondering why we were cleaning up cans and different, you know, dirt and kind of sorting up, sorting things together, and we kept telling them, well, there's people coming after us. We got to pass it on to the next person. In fact, let's leave this place better than how we found it. As I was preparing this message, it just occurred to me that that that's our job. As followers of Christ, our job is to pass it on, right? Our job is to leave this place better than how we found it, to to leave our relationship better than how we found it, to to pass on the message of Jesus to the next people, to the people that come after us. Our job is to invest 
in the next generation. Think of it this way. Who we are and what we do now impacts who they are and what they do in the future. Who we are and what we do now impacts who they are and what they do in the future. Our choices, our decisions now, maybe it has to do with money, how we spend our time, if we choose to share our wisdom with others, what we do and what we say now has huge ramifications for the future, for the people that come after us, for our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' friends and our kids' friends' friends. We have an opportunity to, to pass it on to the next generation. It's called a future generation mindset instead of an immediate gratification mindset. You see, it's not just about my career and my faith and my lifetime. It's about their lifetime and their faith, right? What if we had a long view instead of a short view? The other day I walked out onto the beach and there's something about walking out on the beach You know, you might spend a few days or a few weeks where you can only see so far because of buildings, right, and trees, but then you take time to go out to the beach and you can see forever, right? You can see the horizon. You can see ships out in the distance, and there's something about that long view, and there's something about us taking the time to think about what's most important, to have a long view, to have a their lifetime perspective, a next generation perspective. I don't know about you, but I can get caught up in the tyranny of the urgent, right? I get caught up in the whirlwind and it's all about what's right in front of me, my task and preparing for Sunday and preparing for a meal and this, 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 and this. But it takes taking a step back and seeing the long view and saying, okay, how am I living And how I'm living impacts how they will live, right? The next generation. Going from my lifetime to their lifetime. An immediate gratification mindset to a future generation mindset. Short view to long view. If not, this is what happens. Take a look at this. Judges 2, verse 10 and 11. After that generation died. Let's stop there for a second. That generation. What generation are we talking about here? We're talking about... Moses, we're talking about how Moses was a fearless leader, a godly leader, and what did he do? He helped lead God's people out of Egypt, and they went through the the Red Sea, and they survived in the wilderness for 40 years. They got water from a rock and manna from heaven, and he was a godly leader. And you know what? He passed the baton off to the next generation, didn't he? Moses passed away, and who came next? Joshua. Joshua came next, and Joshua carried the torch. He carried the torch. But for some reason, for some reason, this is what happened. Judges 2, 10. After that generation died, after Joshua died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. They abandoned the Lord and worshiped other gods. Ah, That's the stark reality. That's the reality that we face if we don't commit ourselves to passing the message on to the next generation. Steve Raby says this, Christianity is one generation away from extinction. One generation away from extinction. 
We have every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade, we have an opportunity to pass it on, to pass the baton on, to ensure that Christianity, the message of Jesus continues. God had a generational mindset. Genesis 9, 12, God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Leviticus 23, 43, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Joel 1.3 says this, tell your children about it in the years to come. Let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. Our lives are flying by at warp speed. Our life is like a mist that appears and then disappears. Every day matters, and every day presents itself with opportunities for us to pass the wisdom on, to pass the truth of Jesus on to the next generation. The Apostle Paul was all about this. He wrote a letter to this young leader named Timothy. I mean, Paul, Paul could have sat back on his laurels and recounted all the ways that God had used him and how God was growing the churches and just kind of sit back and just bask in his success. Just retire. But no, he was committed. He was committed to finishing strong, finishing the race. And he committed himself to training up the next generation. 2 Timothy 1, verse 14, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, he's telling Timothy, carefully guard the precious truth that's been entrusted to you. Carefully guard it. You're here, right? Maybe it's your first time, 10th time, 100th time to church, but you have received an incredible gift, Spring Branch. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in this world who've, who've never heard the gospel, who've never heard the good news. But you've heard it. You've heard it many, 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 many times. And you have been entrusted with an incredible, precious gift. What are you doing with that gift? Are you hiding it under a bush, right? Hiding under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. You know that song? We're not gonna hide it. We're gonna guard it. Protect it because it's precious. We're not going to allow the busyness of life. We're not going to allow apathy or lukewarmness. We're not going to allow the love of money or the love of reputation to steal that gift away. We're going to guard it. We're going to allow it to be built up in our hearts so much that we can't help but share it with others. And that's what Paul says in chapter 2, verse 2. He says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Are you being a good steward of what God has given you? Are you taking the wisdom that God has given you, the truth that God has given you, his word, his gospel, and are you passing it on to others? The first way that we can reach the next generation is to reach the next generation. Everybody say reach. Okay, you're with me, good. Did you know that 63% of Christians, professing followers of Christ, did you know that between the ages of four and 14, 63% of people received Christ in that window? That developmental time between four and 14 years of age, that's the time, right? That's the time, we gotta, we gotta double down on that generation. 
Because that's the time where minds are open, hearts are soft and ready to receive the seed of God's word. That's why we commit ourselves as a church to the next generation, to pouring resources into youth ministry and children's ministry. We want to dedicate the next generation to the Lord. Did you know that after the age of 19, this is the reality, after the age of 19, only 6% of people after that commit their lives to Christ, become Christians. 6%. That's why we've got to mentor the next generation. Spend time with them. Did you know that in 2019, this is something to celebrate right here, 2019, we had 120 kids at Spring Branch receive Jesus into their heart for the first time. Come on. We want to reach the next generation. We want to disciple them, train them up in the way they should go. We had this Pray For Me campaign. A few months ago, we launched it, and we had 85 adults sign up to pray for specific kids and students by name throughout the year. How cool is that? I've got a high school student that I'm praying for. Just amazing. You see the older generation committing, drawing a line in the sand and saying, not on my watch, I'm going to invest in the next generation. Amazing. Speaking of amazing, look at this guy. Chase, that's him on the right. He's in the military. He also loves Jesus. Let's give it up for all our military soldiers, those who serve. Thank you for your sacrifice. And Chase is sacrificing his own pride for the sake of reaching common ground high school students. And this is what he says. My goal is to help students have a real revelation of who Jesus is and what their faith really means. To know they are loved by a father more than they could ever understand. And to walk in power because there is no junior Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that. There's Chase. Good job, Chase. Thank you for investing in the next generation. We want to reach the next generation. We also want to root the next generation. We want to root them on, but we want to see them rooted in the word of God. Everything we do, kids ministry, student ministry, we want to preach and teach God's word. We want to have kids hide God's truth into their hearts because when they do, they will have confidence to stand firm in their faith when life gets hard. Colossians 2.7, they will become rooted and built up in the faith. Check out our logo in Spring Branch Kids. Check it out. See the roots, the tree and the roots running deep there. When the storms come, right, not if they come, we want our kids, our youth to stand firm in their faith. Ephesians 3.17, we want them to be rooted and established in love, not just in the word, head knowledge. We want their heart to be rooted and established in the love of Jesus to know that they are loved by God. Even when they don't feel loved by the world, they are loved by God, and their identity is in Christ. We want to have them rooted in Christ. Jeannie Stewart has been serving in Awana for three and a half years. This is what she says. She says, I don't feel qualified, but God shows up every week helping me pass his word on to the children. If anything, they leave Wednesdays knowing God loves them more than anybody My faith has even deepened through this experience, and I feel so blessed our church invests so much in the next generation. Good job, Jeannie. 
We also, yeah, you give it up for Jeannie. We also, we also have a faithful, faithful soldier named Denise. Denise hangs out with elementary school kids in Rock City on Sunday mornings. This is what she says. I invest in kids because kids are important to God. I love that. Not for some future return on my investment. I know kids can walk with God even right now. Maybe it's not the next generation. Maybe it's the now generation, right? Maybe we don't look down on kids because they're young, but we see kids as ambassadors. We see them as ministers of reconciliation. God can use kids right now. We want to invest in them right now, not wait years down the road until they get older. It's the now generation. Maybe we just don't want to prepare them for the real world. Maybe we want to prepare them to create a better world. Amen? Denise says, I know kids can walk with God even right now. I love their openness to God. She says, it's so exciting to see their faces when they taste God's truth for the first time. They simply receive it. This challenges me to do the same. Thank you, Denise. So not only do we want to reach the next generation and root the next generation, we want to release the next generation. We want to release them to be used by God in this world. Did you know that we have 50 kids, middle school and high school, who are currently on a team serving kids that are younger than them? They're not just, yeah. They're not just, they're not just sitting passively observing and consuming something. They are rolling up their sleeves and investing in the next generation themselves. High school kids serving middle school kids. Middle school kids serving Promised Land and Rock City kids. This is amazing. 50 students. We have 35 kids going to Costa Rica this summer. And their hearts and minds are being prepared to go to Costa Rica and to preach the good news to people there. We have a young single woman named Lynn, Lynn Bynum. And she says, as a single woman, she's there on the left, instead of living the way the world says to live, I can be a blessing to the next generation. I love inviting the youth to come with me and experience God at work at Virginia Beach. They are being leaders, not using being young as an excuse, but God is using them already to make an impact in this world. And she says, I am blessed by them. I'm blessed by them. Pretty amazing. We've got people every week rolling up their sleeve, investing in the next generation. Finally, we have Steve Petrosky, who serves in the Navy. Again, another military shout out. Steve right here on the right. He says this, I love leading and loving kids in Rock City. It's an honor to help set the foundation for kids' lives in Christ so that no matter where they stray in life, they will always have Christ to come back to. And seeing kids learn about God fires up my own faith. I know I'm stronger with Jesus because of it. That's Steve. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We're surrounded by people who are drawing a line in the sand and saying, not on my watch. I'm not going to see Christianity go to extinction. I'm going to see the torch of Jesus being passed on to other people. How are you investing in the next generation? How are you passing on what God has given you? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's, maybe it's your kids' kids. Maybe it's kids in your neighborhood, maybe it's, maybe it's just anybody who, maybe anybody who doesn't know Christ. 
Maybe a neighbor or a coworker or somebody in your family. It doesn't have to be somebody younger than you. It could just be somebody who's in need, somebody who needs vision and mission in their life, and you can come alongside them and encourage them and care about them and look them in the eye and let them know that they are loved by Christ. It's not what we leave for people on this earth. It's what we leave in people. That's our legacy. You see, a Jesus-centered church is a future-minded church. You know, sometimes we gotta set aside our preferences, right? I know we can become creatures of habit and we like things a certain way. But there comes a point where we gotta set aside our opinions and our preferences so that the next generation can come and know Christ. Maybe it means setting aside what's comfortable and, and, and convenient and, and, and sacrificing time in order to spend more time with the next generation. So I just want to encourage you, what's that look like in your own life? How are you pouring in and investing in the next generation? You know, one way to do that um, is, to, is to have symbols in your life, things, physical things that remind you of your commitment. Maybe it's a cross around your neck. Um, Jesus was into symbols. 2,000 years ago, he took the bread and he took the cup and he said, don't forget, don't forget what I'm about to do for you. It was on the night he was betrayed and he gathered around the table with his disciples because he was investing in the next generation. I mean, he was God. He could have done it all himself. But he spent three years pouring time, sweat, blood, and tears to the next guys. And look what he started. He started a revolution. But he started on the table and he had the bread and he said, this represents my body broken for you and this cup represents my blood shed for you. Don't forget what I'm about to do for you. He was about ready to lay down his life for them. He's about ready to sacrifice his own life so that they could have forgiveness and that's what he did for us, right? We wouldn't be here today if Jesus hadn't done that. He laid down his life for us so that we could have true life and eternal life with him in heaven. And I know many of you are here and you may be in a different place in your spiritual journey still trying to figure this out. So I just wanna give you the freedom to just sit in your seat and just take it all in. Maybe talk to God. I hope in prayers that someday you'll commit your life to Christ. But if you are a follower of Christ and you're here in this room, I just wanna encourage you to take these elements, the bread and the cup, You'll see stations in the front and on the sides. Remember what God has done for you. We'll all come back together after a few minutes and simultaneously as a church family receive the elements together. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Your love and your grace is amazing. Thank you for these physical elements today and the reminder, God, to, to follow you with our lives. Thank you that you took our place on the cross. When we deserve death, you gave us life. And I pray that as we take these elements, that we would commit ourselves to the next generation. That we would realize that who we are and what we do today impacts what they do, who they are tomorrow. Bless us, God, as we remember what you've done for us. My life is yours And my hope is in you 
Your glory is so beautiful.